Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Blue Room Weekly on a slightly different day, slightly different format this week. It is Saturday morning that we're recording this. Um, I wouldn't say bright and early, but Paul and Warren are with me right now. I need to ask you first, lads, before we start. Are you up early here to do this, or has it been a nice lie-in anyway? How do you feel about it? <laughs> oh, well, listen, I, I got back from America at 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, and my sleeping and jet lag and everything's all over the place. So I don't know about I don't know about lying. I think I'm I think to me now it's about four in the morning still it yeah. feels. <laughs> so uh, I'm a little bit all over the shop. So but no I'm I'm good mate. It's great to be back. Great to be talking to yourselves. So what better way to get over the uh, the, the the travel time eh? Uh, absolutely. Well mate I know that exact feeling. I do you know what I'm I'm still not back to normal in terms of uh, the clock. Because yeah. I haven't got back. Well, we've been away three weeks ago now, in the in similar to yourself in in the states in Vegas, and I still haven't got back to the to Great Britain time. Um, I, do you know what I sleep about? I stay up till about four or five in the morning, and sleep till about I don't know two three in the afternoon. It, it needs to stop, but I don't know how to stop it. So. <laughs> Dave, I, I was I was I was there. I we went to bed normal time last night and then woke up three in the morning wide awake because yeah. i get back to yeah. sleep no chance so yeah yeah it's not I, <laughs> Saturday yeah. At the minute. It, it, it takes a while doesn't it i mean the, oh, people bad, on, yeah. on, underestimate how much jet lag knocks out of you you know it just destroys your whole routine and it's really i mean it's, it's, i suppose for you well because you're back in work full time on monday that might help you to readjust a bit more yeah <laughs> I, I, I hope so i need it too yeah. <laughs> i need it too badly yeah oh, that's an excellent point that is um i'm Back working today. I, I start working. Um, for for those who are listening to this, we're recording it around about half past ten on Saturday morning. I get back. Well, I start my first shift back in work at twelve o'clock. So I need to I need to get my head back together anyway. And I'm talking about three weeks ago coming back. But it's when 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 you coming back from the states, um, we got into Heathrow and it was three in the morning here. And I felt, oh, this is fine. This I don't, I don't feel too bad. But you, you massively underestimate what it actually does to you. Oh, it hits you just until you get away. Um, yeah. But anyway, I think um, 
speaking about myself more than you guys, maybe. Um, feel as if I'm in, in in a different country with a different <laughs> uh, different time zone, given what happened in the, in the derby last week. Um, I, think, I, think, I think as well, Dave, you, you know, with your Warren's experience and my own experience in the past, you come on back from the States and places, it shows how long it takes those international players to recover when they come back from South America and we expect them like, to be performing 100% three days after getting off a plane. That's an excellent great point. point. Yeah, and it's a good place to start, to be honest with you, because, um, that, I mean, let's let's be honest here, they started with their, their squad has a lot more international players than ours do. Um, but nonetheless, it's it's important for us given it uh, given who we've got. Um, I want to start by I don't want to put two final points on it. The two 0 defeats against Liverpool against Liverpool, but we haven't really we haven't been together to speak about that anyway. Um, but I felt um, it was a weird it was a weird chat I had with Les last week in the post match format, and um, we were talking about the game and. I, I can't really remember a derby like that because it, it didn't seem to me, uh, I'll come to you first on this, Paul, it didn't seem to me like it was the typical everybody's kicking lumps out of each mm. other, everyone's doing you know the usual stuff where the, the crowds are screaming at each other. felt like a, a, a pretty quiet start in derby. Um, it also felt to me like it wasn't the usual you know, passionate, everybody's trying to kick each other for the first 10 minutes and then something happens. Seemed very, very different for me. And 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 I felt that it, it suited us by and large, certainly for the first 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, David. I agree with you. It's one of the most passion-free derbies I've witnessed in a long time. Uh, there were no, uh, you, you kind of expect, don't you, that there'd be one or two crunching tackles in the first few minutes, yeah. a few marks being laid down, a bit, a bit of finger wagging and things like that. <laughs> but no, there, there was none of that at all. Now, whether you know the international break kind of contributes to that because players have been away all week, so they kind of missed the build up locally as to what was going on before the derby. Whether uh, I mean I don't know about you two, but I, I I'm not a big fan of the half twelve kickoffs. I I oh, just don't rubbish. think they have this. Yeah, they don't have the same atmosphere. They, they don't generate the the same intensity that a lazy kickoff does. So it, it, in some ways, it, it almost had the the feel of a preseason friendly or yeah. with, with nothing particularly at stake. And I agree with you. I think that suited us. Uh, to an extent, maybe the other point is we didn't quite take advantage of that because it's the quietest Liverpool crowd have seen the derby for a long time as well. Mm. So it just seems an almost surreal experience uh, watching the game develop, thinking where's the passion, where's the anger, yeah. where you know why aren't we why aren't we more up for this or, or was the plan to calm things down? I'm not quite sure. It was um, one. It was it was interesting that Paul makes that there with this with this final comment there what he was saying. The, um, the atmosphere because you you look at our end with our away fans where they, they couldn't sit on top of it anyway could these are they were even they're even less Evertonians there than normal I, I think it looked really weird that when you can't see that top half of the Anfield Road um, and it seems to take them forever doesn't it to sort that out but by and large what I mentioned there about the game I think I think Paul sort of kicked that on a little bit with that half those half the half twelve kickoffs um, really do my head in. But like he said, I think that suited us more given the you know, it wasn't an half four on a Sunday, it wasn't, you know, the later one on a Saturday or anything like that that you see on the telly for that reason. It was the most um, laid back derby that I've I've heard and seen, which by and large I think it would have suited us a lot. And I think it did, um in, in, in the sort of the majority of the the first half until Ashley Young um I think remembers that he's thirty-eight years old and and gets sent off for two yellow cards. What did you make of it yourself? 
I agree. I think it seemed very flat for a derby. I think the modern derby, though, it's it's not... The games aren't like what they used to be, particularly when I was growing up. I mean, you know, think back, and I've referenced this a few times on the show before, but I think back to the, the 90s, the early to mid-90s, and, you know, we when we really were struggling then too, and we'd go into a derby, and it, it was very much the dogs of war mentality yeah. and style, and that, that was... I don't know. You could sort of play that way in back then. I think nowadays the approach is very much different. The, the game's a lot more tactical and a lot more. There's a lot more depth to the game now, and I, I don't think you can play many games, especially derby games like that anymore. Which is, is kind of a sad thing, really, because you know you, you, the cliche of the form goes out the window in a derby. That used to actually be the case. You know, you you could be. Um, you know, it's struggling and still win a derby. I think nowadays football, it's, it's moved on a lot more and you, you can see that when you come to it, you know, when we, when we go to a team like Liverpool, we, we are going to play like we do the majority of away games now where, we, you know, we don't have the ball a lot and we sit in and we try to counter and that seems to be our style. Um, but no, I, I, I agree. I, th- I thought we... I thought we did all right. I thought we did fairly well. I, I, it's the first derby I remember in a long time where I've watched... And I've not really when you know this. I'm talking obviously when we had eleven players on the pitch. I didn't feel massively nervous when they had the ball. I, I thought mm. we looked quite content, and I thought we looked quite solid. And it, you know, dare I say, it, it looks as if at the minute that we're starting to see the fruition of of Dice's game plan. Now I'm not saying we're gonna, you know, the rest of the season is going to be all harmonious and it's going to be brilliant every game, but. I think there's at least a structure there now that the players are starting to possibly buy into. I don't know. But we definitely looked a lot more comfortable than I've seen in a long time. And I think you want to you, yourself touch on this, Dave. I think I think the fact that we're playing away from home, the way we play seems to really suit us at the minute. Mm-hmm. And I think the players kind of, in that system and in that style, can embrace what is asked of them away from home. So, yeah, certainly before the, the, the sending off of Ashley Young, I thought we looked very content very solid and going into the game this weekend which i know we're going to talk about a little later on i, th- I think that's the blueprint to go forward i think that if we continue to play like that we'll see decent outcomes from it but yeah going back to the liverpool game it, it seemed very flat the first and even after the sending off i mean i don't know i don't know whether it's the, the half 12 kickoff and, and I, I truly want to say this i don't mean this as a dig i do but i don't mean this as a dig to liverpool fans but mm-hmm. i think the fact that you've got the, a lot of people in the stadium who aren't local Liverpool fans as well. I think that maybe had a little thing to do with it because we all know full well at Goodison, you know, it's a a very visceral and very vocal crowd and and a local partisan crowd as well. So I think maybe that had a little bit to do with it as well. I don't know, but maybe the fact that the two teams are as distant as they've been in a long time as well. I've seen a few comments in the week from pundits about how you know, the, the Liverpool game against Everton is now seen as not as big as against United and City. And that, that may be fair enough. I, I, you know, obviously to us and those who live in the city, it's it's still a huge game. Yeah. Maybe that Liverpool themselves look at them games as bigger and because of the, because of the discrepancy between the two sides at the minute, maybe it lacks the atmosphere. Maybe if we get our act together and we start climbing up the league again and start getting into them, you know, higher positions, maybe again one day it'll feel like a, an intense derby. But yeah, it, it did, definitely did lack a bit of intensity last weekend and um, it definitely helped us. So, you know, let's see if that, as I say, if that blueprint for away games, we can take that going forward and see if it helps us in, in uh, you know, particularly next or particularly this weekend. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I, I, the, the point you've made there is bang on. I can be talking about the away style that we, we've played there because I, I think you're right. I think... That's the first time I've looked at a Sean Dice side. And let's face it, look, for the last year and a bit, which he's is about just over a year, isn't he? He's been with us these days. And you think back to away games with him, it's that he mentioned that term dogs of war. Um, I don't know whether it was quite that, but it was that I think that was the intensity that he was trying to put into games for us playing away, i.e., priority, don't lose, priority, get a point at least. Um this this one felt, and given the team who it was, given the place that we were going to, which I think generally most of us uh, walk there with, with trepidation and you don't want to be playing a Merseyside derby, certainly at Anfield, um, if, you, if you're trying to turn things around. But this this is why this really intrigued me, this one, Paul, because mm. adding on to what Warren said there and, and both of you said there about the atmosphere uh, at Anfield and whether it's the half twelve thing and point what I made I had a lot of arguments on, on Twitter with people about this saying that it very much the local side of it, I think it's still the biggest game that Liverpool play. And I think many Reds agreed with me when I said that. Certainly for us it's the biggest game every single day. And it should be like that. It always should be traditionally it should be like that. Um, but um, eliminate that that side of it in which the way Sean Dice set this up. Um look I wouldn't go as far as saying that he's he's looking for us to have multiple shots on goal. Obviously, there's that chance Sean Dyke, Sean Dyke, the chance that <laughs> Calvert Lewin has in the first couple of minutes that could have changed the entire thing if he puts that in with a decent header. But the way the way he set up to me, and and again maybe I'm, I'm tempting fate here, felt a lot more comfortable that I've seen Everton away from home, certainly in a Merseyside derby than I haven't in quite some time. And it got me to thinking, and, and this was the main point I wanted to, to talk about in today's pod. Um, is is this a way format we seem to have now? Now, if you think of the, the games we've lost at home so far, we've got Luton, uh, Wolves and Fulham. We've lost three home games to start. We had our first home win against Bournemouth last week. Um, the opponents we played there, by the way, I think I really hope we're not sitting here in, in what, four or five months' time, regretting that they're the ones that we really missed out on and that's going to cost us the, the, the big thing that we need to do in, in terms of staying in the league. But 
I'd like to ask you both um, with yourself first here, Paul, why you think that, firstly, the, those home games where we've been, let's face it, by and large, really poor, it's not been a Everton performance at Goodison per se. And yet when we've gone away from home, I feel a lot more comfortable with this. And I think it's been a common theme that we've spoken about. And I mentioned it sort of a little bit to Les, but I want to get sort of to dig this a little bit deeper with you two. Playing away from home for Everton. And when we've gone in recent years and stuff, our record away from home is generally, generally poor. Um, Even when we've been a side that's, you know, pushing towards Europe and things like that. I think if Everton got half a dozen wins away from home, you'd be absolutely delighted um, in, in most Premier League seasons. This season feels really strange to me because Goodison, and, and I think we'll find out against West Ham this weekend, Goodison that feels like it's not a different form of Goodison. You know, we're screaming and shouting at the team to do better. And there's that age-old um, issue, you know, what, what makes Everton play better? Everton need to get the crowd up or the crowd need to get the players up. Um, that's that's a, a lifelong debate that I'm sure we'll make all the time. But you look at that, but then, then going away, you look how we did... At Brentford, um, that that to me, and and certainly against Liverpool, eliminate the scoreline. And I'm sure if any Reds listen to this, which I know they do, they'll be ripping us for saying this. But that felt a lot more comfortable to me than the majority of performances and games we've had at home at Goodison. So in a, in a funny way, West Ham away this weekend. I mean, they're suffering really badly right now. By the way, uh, they were hammered by Aston Villa last week. But I look at that and I think, do you know what? <laughs> Am I'm, I'm, am I right? Am I, am I settling down too comfortably? Are you thinking that I'd rather we we be away from home to get to gain points than than at home? Am I am I a bit too ludicrous to say that? Not no not really, Dave. I think there's been a real contrast, hasn't there, between the home form and the away form, both uh, this season and towards the end of last season as well. If you look at our away form towards the end of last season, I think we only lost like one of the last nine away games. Yeah. And you know, so so far this season, you know, away from home, you know, if you count the League Cup winner, Aston Villa, which is one of our best performances of the season, but uh, as well, I think, you know, we, we've won two away games, we've drawn the away game, and apart from that 4-0 defeat of Villa in the league, we've always not quite comfortable away from home. So I think Dice has found a way of playing away from home where you can use the strengths of the team to play on the break, to sit back, hit teams on the counter to attack and take the most of the opportunities that we've we created. But it's the home form that's going to keep us up, isn't it? The, the away form won't keep us up. Away draws won't keep us up. So, so the, the home form needs to improve drastically. And I think, reflecting back on a couple of the home games this season, I don't know what you two kind of felt, but when I was watching the Wolves game and the Fulham game, the longer it stayed at nil-nil, the more you started to worry. Once you saw the clock was getting near 65, 70 minutes, you started to think, we haven't scored yet, they haven't done much. Uh, and they almost did an Everson to us. But Luton Town was a classic Sean Dykes performance by the away team. They sat back, scored two goals and set pieces, defended the lead and got the three points. And like you, Dale, I, I do have a big concern that later in the season, those home defeats against the likes of Luton and Fulham may come back to cost us daily. I certainly hope that's not the case. I think as well, it's 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 it, it's encouraging the away form, but you want to keep your home fans happy. You want to get the home fans on board. Mm -hmm. And I, th I, I just think we've been, whether you'd agree or not, I don't know, 
I've just been a little bit cautious to it at times at home, particularly in the losing game. To me, the losing game was a match to go maybe two up front, hit them from the start, get the early goal, get the win, and see the game out, which to a large extent is what we did against Bournemouth. So maybe we've learned from the mistakes of, of that of that tactical setup in the losing game because the home game is going to be a home game is going to be absolutely important as well, just to see us move up the table because we're still too close to that bottom three for comfort for my liking. And at some stage, the likes of Burnley, maybe possibly Bournemouth, are going to pick up a bit of a run of form and get themselves closer to us. So we need to make sure we're well away from that from that end of the table as well. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be a good test actually of the home form on Wednesday night against Burnley in the League Cup because that has to be settled on the day. So are we going to see a far more attacking adventurous approach to what we'd normally get for the league game? I'm not quite sure because it's a big week for Epson this week, isn't it? No, that the home game in the League Cup, the home game is Brighton in the league, away game at West Ham. But anyway, in eight days' time, the whole Everton situation could look a lot rosy. You couldn't have been the last eight of the League Cup, and we could have picked up four, maybe six points from two league games as well. Devil's advocate here. What I mean, what Paul's just said there in terms of um, getting Goodison going, uh, for want of a, a better term, <laughs> I've just been looking then at our away, our away run. Uh, sorry, our home run of games. So we've got Burnley in, in the League Cup, obviously, on uh, on Wednesday. But then Premier League wise at Goodison, I hope you're um, looking forward to Christmas and turn away from watching football. We've got Brighton next Saturday. We've got Man United. These are the home games, by the way. But Newcastle after that. We've got Chelsea after that. We've got Man City after that, and then we've got Aston Villa. That, that they're all the home games. They're the half a dozen home games we've got, uh, and that ends on the 14th of January. I mean, if Everton don't get their act together at Goodison Park, um, you know, you get, we're going to have to win everything away from home, aren't we? I mean, that them them set of fixtures. I'm just looking at it myself here, Dave. Them set of fixtures. You look at it and you go, "Oh, we needed them wins against Luton and against Fulham exactly. and against Wolves." Yeah. You know, you look, and that that was the concern. That was the worry I had, particularly after them games, because you're not going to get them games back. And the precarious position we found ourselves in last year where we're, you know, needing points badly towards the end of the season. And you look at them games and you think, oh, you know, the saving grace for me is I, I look at it, I look at that, you know, I look at the bottom of the league now and I see Bournemouth and I see Luton and I see Sheffield United and I see Burnley. And I think, you know, we use Bournemouth as an example there. They still haven't won a game. Now, I don't care who you are. If you get to November and you've still not won a game, you're going to be in trouble. And I think, you know, we swapping that round, we, you know, we've obviously won two games. I think the, the benefit we've got this season compared to last is I think there's definitely three teams worse than us. Now, that being said, you've still got to put points on the board. Now, looking at them home games, I think if we can start doing this, you know, this thing that we always say, make Goodison horrible and make, you know, the, the Everton of Goodison that we know and love, we'll get points out of them games. I'm not saying we'll win them. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying, but... You know, I could see us. I could see us. You know, Newcastle there on yeah. the Thursday night. Now, I know the last season they battered us at Goodison, but you know they've they've just had a, a rocky result in the Champions League. They've not been, I'd say, they've been played, they've been winning, but I wouldn't say they've been glittering like they were last season. And you know, that's a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. It's on telly. You know, they've got to come and travel. They've had Champions League commitments and other commitments and whatever. That could be a game that you look at and go we could maybe get something out of. Man United can be hit and miss, yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, Chelsea, same as well. City, you know, City have, have gone down at Wolves this year. So 
look, I'm trying to look on the positive of it. They are, they are obviously... Certainly very, are very, with that Man City yeah. game, mate. <laughs> well, I know, I know. But, but what I'm saying is they are very tough yeah, games, but yeah. they are games where I look at and I think, do you know what, if we can turn in a Goodison performance, and you know what I mean when I say that, yeah. we can definitely get points out of it. Um, you know, and, and the, the you know the away games as well, we've, we've, we've talked about. I'm just looking at the aways now, Dave. Crystal Palace on the 11th of November, Forest, Burnley. Uh, and Spurs. So out of them, you look at it and you go, bar the Spurs game, you look at it and go, mm-hmm. again, we can get something out of it. If we can go into a little bit of a run whereby, I'm going to say that, I mean, playing well and picking up points here and there, I'm not overly worried like I was a couple of weeks ago, particularly after that Luton game. But we've certainly got to show something and we've certainly got to pull out a win or two from somewhere in them in them next sort of six, seven games because I think, like Paul said, things will start looking rosier. I'm just glad that there's teams down there that are really going to... I mean, you know, if we, if we swapped ourselves with any of the Luton, Burnley, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, we, we'd be in serious... You know, we'd yeah, be seriously absolutely. worrying now. And I, and I, I go back to the performances and look, I, I, I was on uh, Subs Weekly and I was very critical after the Luton game and I was very much, oh, here we go again, we're going down, we're going down. And that was that was perhaps quite knee-jerk. But I look at the last couple of performances since then and I know we didn't get the result last week, but for me, I'm just starting to see now a little bit of it's a side comfortable playing in what the manager wants. It's a side that if the result doesn't yeah. come, I, I, I bar the bar the Villa game and pro, and the Luton game, I don't think we I don't think we played. When I say Villa, I mean the, the league away game. I, I, can't, I don't think we played that bad, and I think as the season goes on, you'd hope that you know that'll that'll keep keep going and the momentum will keep working and we've got the players in now that we're finally looking like we've got a settled side. Dom's fully fit, got Bethel's come off the bench, got wingers there who can contribute. The midfield looks to be sorting itself out a little bit, even though it's not as strong as it was. Um, you know, we've, we've got an absolute luxury player in Brantwaite at the back, by the way, who I know you're a massive yeah. fan of, Dave, but yeah. Yeah. I look at it and I just think with that squad, I'm not saying we're going to be, you know, top 10 or mid-table, but we're definitely going to be I feel the way we're playing at the minute, we're definitely going to be starting to pick up results. So, you know, long way to go. And in contrast to probably what I've said on previous shows, I'm a little bit more positive, particularly after the last few games, than I was maybe the first three games of the season. Yeah, I mean, you you look at this, Paul, one said about feeling a little bit more optimistic about this. What what makes me feel or heading towards a similar way that what Warren's saying there is, you know, you look at that league table below us and three out the bottom four of the newly promoted sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what's happened at, at Sheffield United, but they certainly don't look prepared to play in the Premier League and what went two months in now. Um, Burnley, similarly as well. I think I think a lot of people have been looking at Vincent Company thinking this lad's going to be a top-class manager. That, that's yet to be seen in the Premier League. Luton, <laughs> the only win came against those, ironically, but they've the other games they've played, they've looked like they've just been ran away. Um, by the other Premier League sides, the point what it makes though, which I want to get on to, and referring back to the uh, the derby there, the way he set us up, I think the only thing he did wrong there in in us trying to get a result by by and large a point, let, let, let's be honest, was when we uh, when Young was sent off and a half time, he's then thinking, how do I sort this out? I thought even when we went down to ten, the back four we had was solid. It was fine to me. Mikhailenko probably had his best game as an, as an Everton yeah. player 
against Salah. He kept. I've never seen anybody keep. I know Salah's obviously scored the goals, which sounds <laughs> a bit. But if you actually need the context of watching the game, that's the quietest I've seen any left back keep Mo Salah. I mean, did you ever think you're going to be saying that? Uh, as you're approaching kickoff in a Merseyside derby, and we've got Michalenko, let's face it, he's he's struggled. Um, I think most people they, they wouldn't put him as the as the start and left back there. And um, he, he, I thought he was magnificent, possibly our man of the match there. And um, you know, the other thing that the, the fault of me for him was obviously, and it's easy to say now with the hindsight, but him having Patterson there instead of us, the younger thing was his big mistake. But the thing that got me most was when we came back out, he put Keane on. And went to a black a back five with three three centre backs and I mean I'm not going to go as far as saying wing backs because they're not running up and down all day either. Let's face it, when you've only got twenty percent possession there. Um, but when before that happened, when we were down to ten men, into the point when he makes that change with a with a back five, I thought that. Liverpool, we could have played all day long. It didn't look like Liverpool when they scored a goal against us. We felt that comfortable with that back four. And I think if you're looking at something that is positive going forward there, like, like what I was referring to, you're going into a game like this away at West Ham, if you were able to have a back four like that, I'd, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with that than, than thinking we have to change anything else, that we need to have more defensive players. Added to that, the, the the midfield that he was talking about there, Harrison looks like a breath of fresh air since we since he started for us. By the way, um, Garner as well looks like the the, the midfield that we absolutely need. Onana again, I've been overly critical of him. I think maybe a little bit mm-hmm. too, well, definitely too much of what I've said about him. That was one of the best games he's had for us against Liverpool, and I think not many people would would be talking about that or have it high on the list of of uh, discussion he wants to have, but. I thought he was throwing himself about. He did exactly what you need from a midfielder in a Merseyside derby. Um, going, I think I'm just keeping going with the theme that one was saying there that there were there were positive things that happened. It didn't feel like a two 0 defeat was fair, other than the fact you know we went down to ten men. Um, that to me looked like a bit of a blueprint you'd possibly go along with in away games. Yeah, I think there was a lot of encouragement to be taken from the game despite the defeat. And I think most of us were quite surprised by how well, as you said, Dave, Mikalenko dealt with Salah, kept him quiet. You know, he scored two goals, I know, but he kept him quiet for most of the game. Like you, I've not been Onana's biggest fan, but I thought he really stood up to the challenge of a derby game. I thought it was, it was his best performance and maybe a blueprint for the way he can have a more influential role in the team if he learns from, from that experience in the derby match. Uh, oh yeah, James Garner. Maybe we've been crying out for James Garner midfield, haven't we? He, he he's such time, a skillful yeah. player. I know there's a question about about his lack of pace at times, but you've got Onana there to compensate for that as well. So uh, I, I was quite happy to see James Garner in midfield as well. Like you, the half-time substitutions. I mean. I've watched Michael Keane enough to be terrified every time he comes on as a sub to know that he's going to have an influence on the game, not in a positive way. And I think most Blues might have felt exactly the same. And I didn't see the need to go to a back five. I thought the back four was looking quite comfortable. And in some ways, although we're down to 10 men, Paul Patterson to fill him as the Young was playing, maybe could have made more sense in terms of uh, trying to get something from the game. But I think... I mean, I hate, I hate to talk one about Paul or Michael Keane because he's a loyal servant. You, you, you can't question his commitment to the club, but he, he's just an accident waiting to happen. And 
if it were to outline one reason for Everton's decline over the last six, seven seasons or so, it's the fact that Michael Keane is still here seven years down the line and he's never improved as a player during those seven years down the line. But in terms of a blueprint going forward, yeah, I agree. I, I think that that lineup, that ta- that tactical setup, I, I think will will cause West Ham a few problems on, on Sunday as well. It's um, and I know you you've you've both been there, and it's it, it's a it's a it's a strange ground, isn't it, the London stage? I, I was there two years ago when I ironically Michael Keane got sent off, and uh, it, it's how <laughs> <laughs> ironic that. Yeah, exactly. Kind of reinforces my point, but it, it's a type of game where you can go. You don't have to worry about the vociferous crowd. You don't have to worry about the home fans being down your throats. So you can go, you can play your game, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's always it's always a worry to me when I start to see. Bits of I feel signs of uh, optimism grow within me, but I can definitely see us getting something at West Ham. A draw wouldn't be the worst result there, to, just to uh, keep the away form going. And I, I could also see us because I think West Ham got the the first, so the third worst defense in the Premier League at the moment. They conceded sixteen goals, so there's definitely opportunities there. Their back four doesn't convince me. Their keeper Ariola doesn't convince me. So I think if if we were to hit them on the break, put in plenty of crosses for DCL. We might just get something from this game. But, yeah, as you said, both you and one have said, you know, the, the way positives be taken from the Derby game, we can't get too despondent about it. And, and I think in realistic sense, we don't expect to go to Frankfurt and win, do we, anymore these days? So if you get a good performance, we come away thinking, well, but bar for one or two decisions, we might have got something from the game. That has to be seen as a step forward. So, yeah, there were some signs that, no, Organisation-wise, tactics-wise, Dice is getting the team that he wants. And I, I totally agree with Jack Harrison. I've got a friend who's a Leeds fan. And when we go boss Harrison, he says straight away, he's going to make a real difference to your team this season. And so far, I think he's proven right. Yeah, I think that's spot on. So um, just to, just as we approach the finish here, guys, start with you first, Warren. Do you, do you keep that first 11 that we took to um, to Anfield? And that's no just a guy involved there. Um and and the other point as well that I think we we've sort of touched on a little bit, and and this hopefully this isn't tempting fate, but Dominic Carvalho Lewin looks as sharp as I've seen him as an Everton player. Um, he he looks like he's willing to run as fast as you need him to. He's willing to stay on the pitch. Obviously, he came off because he was he ran himself into the ground as far as I was concerned when he played. Do you go with that? And well, obviously we'd have to change when we and put Patterson in for for Ashley Young there, which I think, well, I certainly think is a lot more a lot more comfortable thinking of that anyway. Even if he wasn't suspended, that he couldn't play. Would you go with that against West Ham? I think so. Yeah, I think that the eleven that started last week definitely deserve another go. And and when we were talking to uh, Matt Jones on Subs Weekly before the Liverpool game, and we were saying we were questioning whether. Dice would bring a dressy gay in for the type of game it was because we yeah. thought it may suit gay. And I, I actually said, you know, I think that's what he'll do. So I was surprised when I saw the starting lineup last Saturday to see that Dice went with the, the 11 he went with. So I, I hope, <clears throat> excuse me, I hope he goes for that again because I think it could be a side that, you know, like like Paul said there about the West Ham start of the season. I know they had, a, they had a decent first couple of games, but they've sort of gone off the boil a little bit the last few last few weeks and they've had a, a defeat again midweek in, in Europe and going back to when, you know, God, it seems like ages ago now, but when we used to make Europe regularly as well, you 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 did feel that Everton struggle with the Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday and yeah, I don't know so. what it is. I don't know what the psychological thing is with that with them. I don't know whether it's... A, it's always you know, Sundays for me, mate. I couldn't yeah, stand playing on a Sunday every week. That's what I mean, yeah. And I think, I think you know, talking about 
atmospheres earlier on, you know, and Paul mentioned this again before. It, it's it's a weird stadium to watch football, and it doesn't yeah. lend itself to a to a, a you know a, a vocal crowd. And Sunday one o'clock, you know, if you're a West Ham fan, you may have been out the night before. You're not a hundred percent, and yeah. it, it could be something again that, that could work in our favour. I don't know, but I'm certainly more confident playing West Ham now than I would have been say a month ago. I think we're in a much healthier shape now. And as I say, I just, I just think you know, you've heard that saying, having your football is a simple game played by idiots. And I think what, what it is, is that we're playing a system. It's just keeping it. It's a very simple thing is we're playing a system away from home that it, it's easy for the players to understand. And it's, it's, it's in terms of performance, I know we're not in terms necessarily of, of points and wins in terms of performance, it's reaping its rewards at the minute. So I, I think there's, there's every confidence to go into into this Sunday feeling that we could get a point or even get a win. I think if we play like we did at Brentford, we're certainly capable of, of picking up the three points. And I, I think there'll be confidence there in the side to do it. But yeah, I'd, I'd go with this. I'd go with the eleven. Uh, obviously, Barron, Ashley Young, and bring in Patterson. I, Dave, I've always I know people have questioned him and and whatever. I, I've I've been a big Nathan Patterson fan for a long time. I just think that Same. before he had that injury last year, he was he was really up there with one of our top performers. And he, yes, he's a young player and he's got to do it more consistently, which he hasn't. But I think now it's a good opportunity for him with Ashley Young suspended to nail down and try and get. A position, you know, in the starting eleven each week because I think he could be a real benefit for us. Mm. He's tenacious and he's good going forward, which we maybe lacked a little bit with Ashley Young, and that's not fault of Ashley Young. That's you know we've talked about it, his age and whatever else and the system and the style we play. But I think Patterson can certainly offer us that. So I, I, yeah, I, I would. I go for the the uh, the same side, and you know, again joining you two of being big big crit, uh, massively critical of Anana. I think he's been superb, and I'll hold my hands up and say, since we've we've all probably come on here and said our piece about him, I think he's been incredible the last few games, and we need him to do that again. He could be key to this performance on Sunday. If we get a an eight, seven, eight out of ten performance out of him, I think we've got a very good chance of picking up, you know, what we'd like to pick up there. And then Dave, you, you know, you've mentioned Dom there. I mean, how refreshing is it to see everything he's been through, just to see a, a striker who looks. Confidence, not only in playing, but confidence in his in his physical and his physical shape at the minute. And again, you know, Matt Matt Jones talked about his performance against Bournemouth and how good he was, even though he didn't score. And I I thought again, considering the lack of attacking and and service he received, I thought he was great against Liverpool as well. So so refreshing to have have that. So all the signs are pointing to us to get a good win. We just need Everton to turn up, uh, and I think the. If we do that and we put in this and anything can happen and West Ham have got some great players themselves, you know, Jared Bowen, uh, Thomas Suchek, other players as well they've got there. They they can easily put in a home performance and win two or three nil as well. But I think if Everton do the things well that they've done the last few weeks, I think we can definitely look forward to at least a point. But we all know what, you know, we all know what Everton can do and what, <laughs> yeah. what Everton are capable of. So we'll wait and see. But yeah, hopefully a good performance and hopefully something out the game on Sunday. Paul, we've got about one minute and a bit left. Do exactly what Warren did there and tell me what you think's happening. Yeah, I, I, I can see it's getting a point there, definitely. Um, it's going to be a big day again for, for Miko Lenko uh, up against Jared Bowen. We've got to cut that threat out definitely from the start. 
Well, one bit of key advice is don't give any free kicks away to Ward Prowse near the penalty area, yeah. as we saw last season with Southampton. So keep him quiet as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, Calvert Lewin, uh, fully fit Calvert Lewin's made a massive difference. I also think Onana as well. Do you think the fact that Dice was, was going to drop him <clears throat> before the Bournemouth game was a bit of a wake up call for him? And he suddenly realized he's got to start putting in the effort to, uh, to, to justify his place on the side. So reads me confidence, which is always a worrying thing when, when you're a bird, but, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think we can go there and get a draw. Obviously, a win would be fantastic and set up, set up nicely for the Burnley game on the Wednesday. Perfect, lads. Quick, quick scoreline then from you both, Warren. I'm going to be incredibly positive and I'm going to say West Ham nil Everton 2. Lean sheets a big shout as well. Paul? Yeah, I think I'll go for Everton. West Ham 1, Everton 2. No, oh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous, isn't it? People are meant to be having nice weekends here and we've just probably been <laughs> by saying Everton are oh, going to win a match away from home. It's our Thanks. fault, isn't it, if we lose? <laughs> exactly. Now. Thanks very much, lads. As always, uh, no doubt we'll be back in the next week to uh, to discuss these and basically take the piss out of each other for the predictions we put in. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, well, boys. Anyway, it? really appreciate it as always. Cheers, Dave. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.